I believe in inspiring people to be the person they aspire to be by doing the things they aspire to do. This podcast is an additional platform to help me do just that. I know a lot, I've done a lot, and I do a lot. By sharing my experience with you all, be the highlight of my day. I will also have family, friends, and colleagues share their knowledge and experiences with me. You think you know me, but you don't know the half. Welcome to Vail's World. It's the team. What's up? What it do, everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, another episode. If y'all can see the dance I just did. <laughs> All right, let me get this out the way. Um, thank everybody for listening once again. Um, for those that have any comment, concerns, questions, or just like to tell me about myself, feel free to. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at LDMonger1 or send me an email at contact at LDMonger.com. Let's get on with the show. So, today's good read is Dark Psychology. So this is like a a series book. So this book includes Manipulation and Dark Psychology, Persuasion and Dark Psychology, Dark LP, The Definite Definite Guide to Detect and Defend Yourself from Dark Psychology Secrets by John Mind. Dark psychology can be seen as a study of the human condition in relation to the psychological nature of the different kinds of people who prey on others. The fact is that every single human being has the potential to be victimized by other people or other living creatures. However, due to social norms, the human conscious and other factors, most humans tend to restrain their dark urges and keep themselves from acting on every impulse that they may have. However, there's a small percentage of, pop- of this population that is unstable to keep their dark instincts in check. And they harm others in seemingly in unimaginable ways. What kind of traits malicious and exploitive people have? What are the psychological drives that lead people to act in ways that they are against social norms? and are harmful to others? With Dark Psychology, three books in one, you will learn what to do if people in your life harbor ill intentions against you. You will learn what are dark psychology techniques used by mental manipulators, what are adverse effects dark psychology have on people's minds, how people with dark personality traits behave to control your life, how toxic people choose their favorite victims, how persuasive people use dark psychology to control their victims' minds, how to understand nonverbal communication used to influence people, simple strategies to read body language quickly, how to spot dark NLP techniques, how to spot Covert emotional manipulation in relationships and at work. 
simple methods to avoid brainwashing, how to analyze people quickly to defend yourself effectively from dark human behavior, how to become autonomous through easy steps to take control of your life. Dark Psychology, three books in one, provides practical actions that can create real and lasting change to help you intercept these manipulations and to use them to your advantage. Even if you've never been able to defend yourself from manipulative people, this book will be teaching the techniques you need in your toolbox to fight all parts of dark psychology. And I'm quite sure you already know how, you know, what sparked the interest for me to read this book. So after reading um, Laws of Human Nature, it was a, a, a huge, important, like, chapter about mask and toxicity and how to identify the different type of toxic traits and different levels of toxic people. Um, and they had another chapter, chapter about um, narcissism and how to identify those things. And it's crazy how in most cases they were like one and the same. Some of the traits kind of buried over um, each other, kind of crossed. Uh, so that was that was that was great. This book really allowed me to understand not only how to identify it, but also give me the tools to check some of the toxic traits that I may have. Um, after reading, you know, this year, I've learned that, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm not. I'm not sweet. And some things happen naturally because I was able to adapt these habits through time. And because of that, it allowed me to, you know, create norms for myself. So reading this book, you know, I'm able to check myself when I am experiencing phases and are projecting dark behavior, which is important to, you know, for one to be able to acknowledge and then be able to course correct. And, you know, with that ability, I'm able to understand and see when individuals are practicing dark behavior on me so I can remove myself from this space and are bring it up to their attention because they may, they may not know. It may become a, a, a third nature for them. <laughs> so bring it to their attention so that we can, you know, talk through this and being able to have the words to talk about what I'm experiencing, how I'm experiencing and the effects that it's having on me. Uh, which is is great. Um, so for anyone, you know, I recommend this book for anyone that's really in a space of learning the true meaning of toxic because it became a it became a hashtag, it became a a cliche, it became the word um, for the last two years. Like everyone toxic, 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 and no one really took the time that. I'm just going to you know, assume that no one really took the time to learn the true meaning of toxicity and what that looks like in relationships and what we view as toxic. Um, you know, it, it, it may be, you know, but this book is giving you the foundation so you can learn the deeper meaning, the deeper um, experience of dark psychology and toxicity and things of that nature. Uh, we say future is toxic, uh, but is he like, is he really toxic? Does he, does his toxicity matches um, what's in this book? 
what's been scientifically proven and researched and case studied um, within this book. So I recommend anyone that wants to gain a higher knowledge of toxicity, um, dark psychology overall, uh, check this book out. Let me know what y'all think. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at LDMonger1 or shoot me an email at contact at LDMonger.com. What's poppin'? And today is kind of short, man. Y'all know I did, you know, the last episode was like almost two and a half weeks worth of content. So this week I ain't got that much for y'all, but we'll get back on it, you know. Get back on it, talking about? Yeah, we're going to get back on it. Um, but one thing that kind of like led to this entire episode, um, Lil Baby was cheating on, you know, was caught cheating on his girlfriend. And it became a Twitter circus. And there's there's two things that 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 come to mind uh, when I think of this. And two relation yeah, two relationships that I see that that survived through all of this, and that's Ice T and Snoop Dogg. And some people may believe that, you know, their wives are are stupid or whatnot for staying around and all this other stuff. But Snoop Dogg wife said it best. I'm marrying a rapper that talk about smoking weed and pimping hoes. Why will I get upset about my man for smoking weed and fucking hoes? Long as he taking care of the things that he's supposed to take care of at home. Like, yeah, you know, accepting those things, it comes with a price, but... We talked we talk through that, and we know what our norms are. We know what our standards are. We know what our boundaries are. Um, and that meant a lot. And Ice-T, you know, pretty much the same way with Coco. Um, and they was able to live their careers um, out and still be happily married and providing in life for their spouse. You know, it worked for them. Um, in most cases, what I see now is that a lot of these younger artists, um, a lot of these younger people, we don't necessarily have the tools to or, or the space to identify what we want uh, as it pertains to now in the future. And we don't see we don't see too far. We we see everything as now. What are you doing now? How do you make me feel now? And all, and we don't see past that. Um, and no one really taught us these things. I'm not condoning cheating uh, for any sense, but I. I, I do believe that there needs to be some type of guidance into having these conversations of figuring out what exactly do you want. Early twenties, late, you know, late teens, twenties period is a is a, a huge phase of just knowing yourself, uh, getting into your career. You you probably just graduated um from you know, from college at twenty two, twenty four years old, probably pursuing a master's degree. Uh, between you know 24 or getting your master's degree 24 or 26 depending on when you start so it's a lot of things that you miss out on when you with someone and especially if you with someone like from high school a lot of the times you you know in relationships about compromise so you're compromising a lot of your wants and needs and desires um, based off how can I make sure that I'm still pleasing the person that I'm with and that's when you have the weird moments of, of I need separation because I've been suppressed for so long. 
right? Like, do I really know what I really want if I had the same thing for so long? And with these rappers, the the younger rappers in particular and, and future, because uh, he for some reason he's still messing with 21, 22 year olds. Um, they typically end up with the girl that's on the club flyers that's making special appearances um, that are that are, you know, social media influencers now. And a lot of times they wouldn't even be in these spaces if they wasn't the spouse of said rapper. Right. So they build a lot of their clout and fame from being. Uh, with someone that is in that life that talks about smoking weed fucking hoes half the time and probably 75% of their songs. Um, so in, in that reality, you know, what comes with, you know, rap culture, the rap life, a lot of things is just, you know, shouldn't even be a battle. Like a lot of things is just like, okay, this is the life I'm in. I accepted that part of your life. And how do I maneuver or how do I, you know, what rules are can I set that allow this person to be who he who he wants to be or who she wants to be, support them, and am I willing to make those sacrifices, right? So that's like me going with a stripper and being mad because she strips and she's showing her body or telling her to stop stripping and showing her body as if I can, you know, alter her entire lifestyle and be able to make up for the funds that she's missing um, because she can't do her job anymore. And that's really, like, how I look at it. Like, do I have the capacity and the resources to offset the things that I feel are not beneficial to this relationship? And or how do you know she just don't she she just love and have a passion for stripping and and all of that. So me telling her don't do this um, will eventually make her envy me uh, because that's something that she like doing. Um, so yeah, with the little baby cheating thing, uh, I wish it wasn't so public and that people didn't rush to go to social media uh, when these things happen and really sit down and talk and and, and seek therapy opposed to using social media as therapy and you have all these different opinions, you have all these different, uh, and these people don't even know you. So it's like you got all these different op- opinions on things from individuals that don't know you, which is you know sometimes great that you're getting opinions from people that don't know you, but when you have thousands of opinions uh, being filtered through algorithms, um, it can, it can, it can get a little a little confusing as well as you are introducing um, embarrassment upon yourself in a sense. Right. And I'm not victim blaming. Of course, it's the person that, you know, it's the person fault that actually committed um, the actual act. But when you are introducing information, like keep that stuff in house until y'all figure it out. You know, once y'all figure it out, and then, you know, do whatever you need to do. But the first immediate action shouldn't be go on social media and talk about getting cheated on. Or, you know, any issues within your relationship. Communicate. And if y'all can't communicate with each other, find someone to mediate the conversation. So that's my biggest thing, man. And, you know, honestly, 
that's just exchanging poison, right? And that's a part of, you know, someone can make you toxic or bring out the toxicity in you by doing toxic things. So now y'all are just exchanging poison. So oh, you cheated on me, so I'm going to go on social media and tell the world that you cheated on me to make you look bad. So now I go on social media to make you look bad. And, and it just going to keep going back and forth because everyone is like exchanging poison because that's how we were taught. That's how we grew up. Eye for eye. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. Those type of things. December 21st, I didn't get my superpowers. I'm jealous as fuck. I'm mad. Yeah, um, so if I was to have a superpower, uh, what would my superpower be? Oh, man. So if y'all don't know, Spider-Man and Wolverine are like my favorite Marvel superheroes and my favorite villain is um hmm I'm trying to think of my my second one because I know for sure it's Venom. I'm trying to think of somebody else who I say would be my second favorite uh, villain. Hmm, interesting. Can't think of right now, but Venom for sure. That's my dog. Um, uh, so if I was to have a superpower. I wouldn't necessarily want nothing that then I I love to like heal myself. I think that'd be dope. And uh possibly teleport. Teleport and teleport others. I think that'd be pretty cool. So if you like touching me, I can teleport you somewhere as well. Um and then heal. So I can always heal. So even if you hit me, I can just teleport somewhere for a couple minutes and I'll be good. Um, possibly having the ability to heal others. I think that'd be dope as well. Um, so I probably, you know, I won't be fighting <laughs> for the most part. I just be teleporting, healing myself and healing other people, uh, which I think is pretty dope. Like helping others. See, see how that works. Um, yeah. So the, the Twitter went in every, everyone had fun yesterday. I can see. Uh, one thing that stuck out to me the most on Twitter was there was a clip of all of the black um, heroes and they took like all their intros and whatnot and just made it one huge video. It was pretty dope. Uh, it looked like it was, it was made <laughs> um, that way. And it was like all the black heroes kind of like turning in slow motion, putting their head, like revealing them. So it was, it was dope. It was nice. I like it. Uh, so salute black Twitter. Um, uh, once again, uh, undefeated yeah you know tell me what type of superhero y'all want to be too so feel free to you know hit me up on instagram or twitter at ldmonger1 and let me know what type of superhero y'all y'all will be you know or what type of superpowers you all will have again mine would be uh teleportation and healing if i can have those two i'll be good i'll be the best nurse in the world <laughs> Uh, over oh last week um i had opportunity to create a recap video for seven and groves they had a collaboration with slutty vegan and i heard about slutty vegan but i didn't know it was like that so this was a pop-up um they are currently on a tour uh, so they've been driving the 
you know, the the food truck from city to city. And they have been getting a lot of support. So I should have ate something. I'm, I'm kind of sad that I didn't eat anything. Um, but during my filming experience, it was people around the corner, like, go up the street, make a left, go all the way down that street, make a left, go all the way down that street, make a left type stuff. So they was almost wrapping the entire block from where the truck was at, the corner that the truck was at, all the way around. It was a lot of people. And the block wasn't small either. Uh, There's people there for like three hours. And I know they were there for three hours because I was filming for around three hours. Uh, <laughs> so I was there and then I was able to leave. And when I was leaving, some of the people that I seen that was far, far, far in the line uh, was just making it to the front, was just able to see the actual food truck, well, touch the actual food truck. So that was amazing to support. Uh, I saw my pro fight. So it's crazy. I have I had a mask on and I have a different hairstyle. And everybody said I probably had like every hairstyle I've known a man. But I had a different hairstyle. And he was still able to recognize me through all that in a completely different city. Uh, so I was in Tampa and he hit me up. He's like, yeah, pro, you know, Neo, Neo, Neo. I'm like, oh, man, how the hell you know this was me? And uh, so we took a picture. We chopped it up. I should have asked him to order me some food. That's what I should have done because he was actually in front of the line. Uh, so that would have been dope. But I missed my shot. Uh, Seven and Grove did a great job of hosting, you know, them within that space and it was great. Of course, the police came. They haven't seen this many black people uh, congregate <laughs> without any issues in a while. And it wasn't for Jordans. You know, so that was that was quite interesting. It wasn't for a PS5. It was for some vegan food. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, I didn't eat. So when I'm in Atlanta, I'm going I'm to I'm figure out something. When I'm in Atlanta, I'm going I'm to try something out. And see how the vegan cuisines hit. Another thing that was funny. Uh, so apparently if you ate there before, when you get to the front, they ask you that. And then they be like, what up, slut? <laughs> uh, so that was cool. And then like the eat, you know, the text message, like the communication is it's very vulgar. Um, but hey, you know, waiting three lines to be called a slut. Pretty cool. Right, you can't get that experience nowhere else. And you're eating healthy food, vegan food. Um, and then if you haven't ate that, they say, "What up, virgin? Oh, we got a virgin." They're like, "Oh, we got a virgin." So it was, "Oh, we got a virgin." <laughs> that's how that's how it was for real, for real. Uh, so it was quite interesting, a dope experience. Uh, the staff seemed great. Uh, they handled the police situation great they had all of the permits they needed uh and then the police they you know decided once they got the information that they needed they just decided just to stay there for extra precaution just in case because it was a large group um of individuals again it was wrapped around the corner for hours so that was dope uh, Seven and Grove also had an event for healthcare workers so it was a it was an event to acknowledge the healthcare workers. Um, pretty, pretty dope. Stout performed again. She's always amazing. I haven't seen her not be amazing uh, like ever. 
And who else? Who else was there? Stout was there. Um, the food looked amazing. I ate something completely different. Um, I was eating before the show for preparation, so I didn't necessarily have the the stu- the stomach space um, for the dinner that they ate, but it looked great. Um, I've seen a lot of healthcare workers I was familiar with. Uh, one of our clients, my frat brother, Omar, uh, Omari. <laughs> I said Omar. Oh, he going to kill me. Omari, uh, Dr. Omari. <laughs> he was there with his um, beautiful wife, Ashley. Uh, and they're expecting, so it was pretty dope and great seeing them. Finally saw her with the, with the, with the bump, the belly, the belly, belly. Uh, yeah, so that event was great, man. Being able to really, you know, value those first responders or those, and you know, those, those individuals that's been sacrificing their life and their time during this pandemic. Two of the owners they actually work in the pharmacy industry, so they have that connection with, uh, you know, healthcare. So they have that buy-in uh, from the healthcare community. They are in the healthcare community. Although they're not necessarily nursing, nursing individuals are helping them in the hospital, but they do help give them the medicine that's needed in order to heal properly. Uh, so that was great. Great event overall. Um, I also seen a post from one of the owners and it's crazy. Like he pretty much nipped it in the bud that two individuals that not only are they in pharmacy, like they are, they have like doctorates in pharmacy, right? So it's like, they are up there. They invested that time. They have good jobs. One of them actually owns a pharmacy. uh, And then the other business partner has experiences in clubs and own property and things of that nature. And for some reason, there was a rumor that surfaced that they were, and some type of drug kingpin type story. And I'm, there's no way. <laughs> and then because, you know, we have a black successful establishment, which made it through a pandemic. They opened up last year. Uh, they survived this pandemic. One of the best nightlife experiences or lounge experience or restaurant. Uh, well, you know, from, my experiences with the restaurant has been great, uh, but it's still some things kind of getting brushed up on uh, from cycling through staff and, and all of these things. Like they able to make it through all of that uh, during a pandemic. And it's it hurt, you know, seeing that someone would actually believe that because they're doing good to discount their success and say, hey, they must be selling drugs or they must be, you know, doing this or that. When actually it was just three friends that have, like, had a need and and wanted to create something, create a space where young professionals, um, black people can chill, you know, where they can vibe, where you can be in a nice restaurant and, and listen to trap music while eating good Southern food, uh, while being around other black people, right? Uh, Where white people, you know, they can come as well and, you know, enjoy Southern cuisines. 
that they possibly can't get anywhere else while listening to trap music and uh, things of that nature. Now, ultimately, it's still a bar. Aesthetically, it's, it's wonderful. It looked like a damn art gallery at times. And to put all of that hard work in to continue to fight this pandemic and for someone to, uh, you know, to, to, to say those things is, it's, it's hard. It's heartbreaking at times. Um, like, damn, you really go discount all of the work that we've been putting in to make it something that's so simple as, oh, somebody selling drugs. Wow. That's, that's pretty low. Um, but the response to that was, um, it was heartwarming. Uh, it was definitely a space of, of emotions from that, you know, from that particular owner. And it it was needed, especially on his personal platform of Facebook. And he's really speaking to his audience, his people, family and friends, colleagues, individuals that love and support. So I'd never heard the comment or the rumor um, about being a, a, a drug pen, but it's out there. And it was great that he was able to express that to loved ones so we can use the knowledge that we have to defend him if it ever comes my way because that was that was crazy all right that was what's popping so now we about to get to the needy greedy toxic and again i told y'all the little baby thing really triggered this entire episode and why it triggered this episode was because I seen a post with him um again he's already young so with him younger and it was like middle school and like high school and things of that nature and someone posted a picture like two pictures of him one was with his mom and one when he had glasses and it was like oh yeah so you was one of them referencing to the dude who didn't get ass when he was younger I didn't get girls when he was younger and then grew up and got some clout and don't know how to act, which we know those people are, are out there. They exist. But for him to get his fame at such a young age, we talking about, we talking about an age group that's not supposed to be, you know, middle schoolers are not supposed to be sexually active. Like, some of us, you know, in the space still supposed to think girls got cooties or whatnot. You hear me? So it's crazy how in one in one moment we saying, you know, hyper masculinity and then another moment we forcing toxic masculinity on them. So he in middle school, so he was supposed to have bitches and be fucking in middle school. Honestly, in high school you're really not even supposed to be in that space, but it is what it is. So but but you telling me now we're okay. Um, hyper masculinity in high school that it's okay for us to want a high school guy 14 to to 18 year old young man to to exploit women for sexual deeds it's okay for a, a, a high school student to to dip and dab and run through multiple girls in high school i had one high school sweetheart uh, we was on and off, uh, so I had you know some experience, but for the most part, it, it, it was me and her. Does that make me lame? Because I only have you know one girlfriend. 
throughout high school. I I was that guy. Come on, man. And this was and these like women that were saying this. Like, dude, he was in high school. Like, what do you expect from a high schooler, right? <laughs> like, come on. He got, you know, he got famous at 19, 20 years old. You transition, try to identify the space that you were in. And I think a lot of people don't do this, that you were in at 18, 19, 20 years old, 21 years old. Remember the spaces that you were in at 17 years old. When you, once you done with high school, like it was college or start working. Those were the two options. And from where I'm from, most those are not even options. It's streets. And when you're in the streets, you dibbing and diamond, you either selling drugs, you either robbing, stealing cars, or rapping. That's really it. <laughs> selling drugs, robbing, stealing cars, or rapping. Or all the above. In and out of jail. That's usually what happened, you know, and and you know from where I'm from. And that's still a space of just trying to figure yourself out, figure out what you need, what you want in life, and 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 money usually one of those things we see, we see music that's always a part of our culture. So that's just that's natural. That's that's one on. Even if you can't rap, you want to rap, <laughs> or be on a song in some capacity, right? So. That's what brought all of this. That's what brought this episode, the reactions and the actions of, you know, the little baby situation. So let's clear the record. Uh, let's get a, a, a definition of toxic. I think that is a great place to start. <sighs> toxic. Capable of causing serious harm to a person's health and well-being. There are certain behaviors that do nothing but drag you down, hold you back, and cause you to suffer. So that's toxic. Causes serious harm on a person's health and well-being. It's really that, that, that simple. So if y'all search toxic, that's what it is. Um... So is it proven that future is toxic? I mean, we don't know if it's causing harm on a person's health or their well-being. We honestly don't know. Or, or is if his intent is to cause harm on the physical health and well-being of an individual. We don't know. Not saying it's less toxic because he unintentionally do it. Right? No, it's, it's about the same. But... That's the space <laughs> of toxic and being toxic. Like you are intentionally doing things to harm someone's personal health and well-being. Or even if you accidentally do it and you have been, you know, someone told you that you are physically harming me and my well-being and you continue to do it. That's toxic. Um, two forms of toxicity um, that we kind of address is toxic masculinity. And the one that we don't dress enough is toxic 
uh, femininity, right? So both of them are usually pressed upon us by others. Toxic masculinity in a sense of, you know, how many girls you done slept with. Um, you got to have A, B, C, and D in order to to get, you know, a particular type of woman. Um, what else? Men don't do this. All these other things. And then with toxic femininity, it's pretty much the same thing, but vice versa. Uh, you have to have a man. You got to have kids. Um, you have to do these type of you know things around the house as it pertains to gender roles. Uh, a woman shouldn't do this. A woman should do that. Um, those type of things that, you know, bring toxic traits um, to women. Um in order for them to kind of, you know, live up to the stripes of womanhood. And all of these things are outside of societal norms um, that's pounded in people's head in order to accomplish womanhood or, or manhood, right? Um, which is, is horrible because we don't allow people of, you know, free expression or to learn these things upon themselves which we have to learn it from somewhere. A lot of things just been, you can catch up, you know, catch on things. If you're in the culture, you embrace the culture, it just naturally falls into place. Like, no one never really told me to like women. I just grew up with a, in a lot of spaces where heterosexual relationships prospered, so I was able to see. So it was like, okay, that's what you do. When it was time to make money, no one ever said, hey, sell drugs. It was like, oh, I see people selling drugs, making money. It was like, okay, that's the normal thing to do. Um, going to school, it was like the normal thing to do. Believing in Jesus is like the normal thing to do. Uh, no one necessarily forces you to do these things. You just naturally do it, like walking, like talking, like using the restroom in the bathroom. <laughs> Some of those things, you know, you have to learn how to do in a sense. But eventually, if you're around a certain culture long enough, you're going to become domesticated and adopt to those norms. Uh, whew. So so we 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 brushed on toxic femininity and masculinity in a sense. And I wanted to bring those out because no one really looks into toxic femininity and we always overemphasize um, toxic uh, masculinity. And I wanted to create, and I want to start the conversation with that. So, you know, hopefully more people look into those things and we can address and course correct um, those things, especially in a black community. Cause it's, it's there. It's, and it ain't going nowhere no time soon. And I'm quite sure it's there in other, you know, communities. But again, I'm only speaking from an experience of being uh, within the black community. Um, and I don't want to disrespect no other community speaking on behalf of something that I don't know about. So if if you all's culture, you know, relate to these things, then kudos. Um now, now we have a similar playing field, and this conversation is for you just as well, right? So things um, most toxic people in your life have in common, right? Uh, toxic people are manipulative. So they figure out 
And again, they intentional, right? Uh, they figure out ways to get their way with you. Uh, they are judgmental. They have their basis on why they believe a certain thing and they don't budge. Uh, they take no responsibility of their own feelings, which is a big piece. If you sad, you sad. If you happy, you happy. If you mad, you mad. Being able to express that and then talk through it, right? Communicate through it. I feel blah, blah, blah when you blah, blah, blah because the best sentence ever. Like if you can sit down every time you get mad or whatnot of what someone's done and how it, you know, made you feel, that's a perfect sentence. I feel blah, blah, blah when you blah, blah, blah and because. Best sentence ever. And if you sit down and write that every time you get mad, I bet you it'll guide um, conversations a lot easier. They don't apologize, even if they're wrong. <laughs> they are inconsistent. They make you prove yourself to them. They make you defend yourself. They are not caring, supportive, or interested in what's important to you. Wow. And looking at those things, I, you know, I have moments in which I display some of these toxic traits. I tell people all the time, yeah, I, I have toxic traits. I know it. Being able to acknowledge it has allowed me to grow. And again, course correct. I check myself. Uh, as it pertains to being manipulative, like I, I don't do that intentionally. Um, I have the ability to influence people with my truth, but I don't necessarily like alter the truth in order to get my way. And it's crazy because I had a pro fight that actually told me that I should manipulate people more um, for the greater good of themselves. And I was like, you know, that word manipulative is so it's just so negative to me. And I was like, I don't want to do that. But as I got older, I realized exactly what he was saying. And uh, it makes sense. It makes sense. But we'll talk about that later. Um, let's see. I'm responsible of my feelings and others and how I make them feel. Um, most times I do apologize. It was one time I, I, I recall uh, dealing with a woman. I just didn't want to apologize at all. I know if I would have said, you know, sorry, I didn't mean it. If I would have said sorry, I wouldn't have meant like I'm sorry. Uh, but it was something that she wanted to hear to kind of put a period on that situation. And I just wasn't interested in doing it because I'm like, I'm not sorry. And if I'm not sorry, it might just happen again because I was naturally just being me within that moment. Uh, so I really can't be sorry for being me. And how you felt about it. And after we kind of like talked through it, it was 100 percent like it was nothing that I can do or say that's going to allow you to feel any different. <laughs> so it was like me saying sorry, like you just want the pleasure of hearing sorry opposed to really fixing the issue. So, yeah, that, that moment was funny. I'm very I'm the most consistent, inconsistent person in the world. Most of that just do the work life balance. I'm trying to I figure that part out right now. I'm just grinding. Uh, yeah, but I'm very caring, supportive, and interested in what's important to other people. 
uh, people just tend to feel like they got to defend themselves, and that's just like a human nature. So, hmm. So, yeah, some of these traits I definitely, you know, rub off on. But it ain't four out of eight, so I guess I ain't that toxic. Um, some of the different type of toxic people that we may encounter. So one is a tank. A tank crushes everything in its way. A human tank is always right, doesn't take anyone else's feelings or ideas into account, and constantly puts themselves first. Oh, my God. Um, I know some tanks. <laughs> and I think a lot of friend groups have a tank. We all are narcissists in some capacity. Um, some are more annoying than others. Some are more higher, like on a higher level than others. Uh, some people know how to manage their narcissism uh, better than others. But we are narcissists, so it comes with the territory. But yeah, this tank person is or could be dangerous more mentally. Uh, if anything, you're trying to have a conversation, they just, you know, they want to be the center of attention. They can remove you from opportunities because they want the opportunity. And they probably don't want the opportunity uh, because of goodwill. They just want it because of the social climate that it'll put them in and or because you don't have it. I'm the fibber. Ah, I had a lot of liars in my life before I learned human lie detection. Liars, fibbers, exaggerators. It's exhausting to have toxic deceivers in your life. No one really likes liars. <laughs> and and most of it, like, it's not, I, I can deal with lying. Like, I don't really, you know, it is what it is. The thing that hurts the most about being around liars is like you don't know when to trust them. You don't know when they're being honest. You don't you don't know nothing. So if they tell you something and if a liar is someone that's compulsively lying and they say the the roof is on fire, it'll be that moment the roof is actually on fire, but I don't budge because I don't believe that person. And that's why and again it probably, you know. It won't be to that extent. It won't be that serious. But that's why I don't like being around liars and I don't like fib fibbers in a sense because the moment that I need you to be true and honest and you're actually being truthful and honest, I might believe that it's the same old lie that, you've been that I've been experiencing with you uh, when it matters the most. And I don't want to be in that situation. The J.J., a JJ is a jealous and judgmental person. My friends and I can spot a JJ from a mile away, and I want to show you how as well. Jealous people are incredibly toxic because they have so much self-hate that they can't be happy for anyone around them. Whew. I mean, there are tons of group of like toxic, there's toxic friend groups. There's one of one of each kind of toxic trait uh, that I've seen coexist within a group doesn't last long, but they do coexist in a group. And the JJ is one of those things like you hate yourself so much that you can't be happy for anyone else because you always bringing up the lack of what you have. Even if those individuals try to help you that you feel are in your group that's doing better. 
you won't accept it because you feel like, oh, they're trying to give me a handout um, or they feel bad for me in a sense, all because you feel bad for yourself. So the JJ, and, and to my not, like, in my experience, one of the dangerous people uh, because that jealousy can become envy and then eventually is act upon. Which, whew, man. So, yeah, be aware of the JJ. And you can identify these people if anytime something good happened to you, they have, like, these side comments or, like, looking at body language, looking at tone, like, listening to tones uh, when you express something positive in your life or something that made you happy. They will expose themselves. It's up to us to acknowledge it and for us to see them for who they are opposed to seeing them for what we want them to be. A lot of times we let these people stay around because we're like, oh, that's just that's just how they that's just how they are. And don't necessarily look at the deeper uh, vendetta behind it. That's how Selena, you know, she was she was murdered by J.J. So being mindful of those things, like the, the JJ is one of the most dangerous, toxic people to have around in your circle because the hate can grow into potentially harming you um, or, you know, or killing you within the act. Um, the drama mag uh, magnet. Some toxic people are magnets for drama. Something is always wrong, always. And of course, once a problem is solved, another one emerges. And they only want your empathy, sympathy, and support, but not your advice. The drama magnet, these are usually, you know, people in your life that's in a toxic relationship, uh, don't like their job, they're in a toxic relationship with their job, with their partners, significant other, with coworkers. And they just they just want to talk about it and they not, uh, it's just emotionally draining, right? Someone continue to talk to you about all the bad things that's happening in, in their life, constantly have things that's bad in their life, and they never see any good in anything. And it's like, how do you keep bouncing from bad situation to bad situation to bad situation? And... Why do you get upset and or don't take the advice that's given? So it's like, why are, why are you even talking to me about this if you don't want to solve it? Or if you don't want any advice on how to solve it? Some people just want to vent. But after a while, it's like, okay, I can't continue to be your, your, um, your punching bag. And you're not punching me physically. It's mentally draining that I continue to, every time we talk, it's about something negative. And it's about negative stuff that you're not even willing to get yourself out of. It's like once you get done with that, it's some more negative stuff. Or it's the same negative stuff with the same person, with the same job, and you're not trying to make no changes. Like what? <laughs> the emotional moocher. An emotional moocher is also known as a spiritual vampire because they tend to suck the positivity out of you or bleed you emotionally dry. These are the people who always have something sad, negative, or pessimistic to say. 
again, that drama magnet, that emotional moocher, because that's actually what happens. They are draining you. It becomes emotional draining when you have love for someone that continues to tell you negative things and you want to pour into them positivity. You want to tell them like, Hey, it's going to be all right. You're going to make it through this. Or you try to give them advice to like move on, cut that part off and, you know, be able to trust your Like, and they just don't. And a lot of times, and I'm a victim of this when I'm not able to help no one it's draining to me. I feel like it was my responsibility. I feel like it's my responsibility to help that person. And when they're not getting the help that, I view as progressive is draining to me. What am I doing wrong? What am I saying wrong? Why can't I help this person? And it hurts seeing people that you love hurt. In some cases, they know that. And that's how they get their way. That's how they shortcut. You know, they'll probably tell you a sad story before they ask you for $100. They lead off with a sad story before they ask, hey, can I stay with you for a couple weeks and a couple weeks turn a couple months and a couple months and, and all those things. The straight jacket. The straight jacket is someone who wants to control everything and everyone around them. They want to be in charge of what you do, what you say and what you think. These are the helicopter parents. This is one of the the biggest traits of like toxic, uh, you know, being in a toxic relationship. You have that that spouse that want to know where you are, how you think. All you know, men and women alike want to know all of these things, and that can grow into the JJ, or they can coexist, right? Uh, Which can be a dangerous outcome because when they lose that sense of control they begin to become more angry and furious, right? So it's like, how do you address these things sooner? And you can see, you can, you can see these, you can see these, you can see that trait, you see, you know when you're dealing with a straight jacket ASAP, but some people still decide to be with that straight jacket um, in, in hopes of changing that person or creating the trust with that person so that they don't have to feel so insecure and or have to be so dominating on the things that you doing and believe in life, which is true. Like we seen individuals like that. We seen where those outcomes come. We have lifetime. Um, we have real life experience and exposure to it. You can talk to any one of your, you know, friends and that are in relationships with, you know, with their partner or whatnot, or you can at work, work life. You probably have a helicopter boss that just want to know all these things and want to speak for you at meeting, you know, speak for you in meetings and things of that nature and not allowing you to really have the space to have your own thoughts um, and things of that nature. So they are definitely there. Um, who the, the conversational narcissist. Have you ever been talking to someone? Who keeps interrupting you? Maybe I should revise that question, right? Have you ever been trying to talk to someone who won't let you get a word in? Conversational narcissists love to talk about themselves or just hear themselves talk. Man, I I have this at, at times. 
that's why I created this podcast so I can just hear my just plan. Um, yeah, a lot, you know, you just have those urges and impulses to kind of interrupt somebody while they're talking or just get your thought across. For me, it was more of an innocent thing of let me get my thought across before I forget because I'm good at forgetting. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I check myself. I, I apologize as much as I can when I do interrupt and interject people. Uh, this can be a impulsive act um, or people can intentionally do this in order to feel dominant within a conversation. Some people that feel dominant when they get to talk more. Uh, some people that, re, you know, that's looking at a conversation. Again, we just had the uh, debates that happened this year. And we tend to say or think that the person that talked the most is the person that won, regardless of the substance. But because he was talking more and louder, that person won because they didn't allow the other person to talk at all. And we have people like that that goes into negotiations believing that if they out-talk the person, that they won. Uh, that believe if someone is talking equally to them, they may assume that they're equal. Uh, someone's talking louder than them, uh, they are trying to make them feel submissive. So, you know, there's two type, no, there's two folds to that. So how you talk, the tone you use when you talk, as well as the duration of, of talking. Um, and this, I feel like, you know, the conversation narcissist is one of the, the most innocent ones because uh, anyone can fall into that just based off not having the knowledge of knowing like what dialogue looks like and or how to control your impulses, your impulses as innocent as it may be of just wanting to engage in conversation. Uh, but really sitting back and allowing others to complete their thought. And then some of us not even comfortable with being in spaces where we can complete our thought. And it makes us uncomfortable. Like, oh, shoot. Like, silence makes us comfortable. I mean, uncomfortable. So finding that comfort within silence. Uh, so that helps out as well. Huh, so, yeah, I ain't going to get on y'all nerves too long. Probably have another episode kind of diving deeper into some of the toxic traits and or the toxic individuals and how that looks. On um, cause this one just over. I just had to get this. I just had to get this out, man. So many toxic relationships that we have, and not only like in intimate relationships, but again at work, uh, with colleagues, with friends. Um, man, we have toxic relationships with objects, with things that's not even human, with our car, what like. <laughs> It's just so much with activities that we do with eating, um, exercise. It's so many different toxic relationships that we have, and there's really not a space to address it and or correct those things. My biggest, biggest, biggest concern is that we would never be in a space to identify toxicity. And we are allowing ourselves to live in toxic situations, which ultimately will create and expose our dark psychology as we continue to add to the cycle of toxic human nature. The best way to end this is really, really understanding what it is, the impacts that it have on ourselves and others, 
And once you get that knowledge, you can either be more intentional with your toxic traits <laughs> and allow yourself to manipulate and dominate people for your own selfish needs for the greater good of you or to intentionally harm someone or you can use this uh, knowledge so that you can acknowledge when you're being toxic and, and correct yourself as well as identifying when you have toxic people around you, being able to manage that relationship better and or counsel it before it physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually harm you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Join me in my journey to success by following on Twitter and Instagram at LDMonger1. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns you would like me to address on the next episode, email me at contact at ldmonger.com. Vail's World can be heard on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Again, thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Until next time. It's the team.